Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, welcome to We Met at Acme. I'm so beyond excited to be here with longtime relationship columnist and Renew Breakup Bootcamp founder, Amy. What's up? Hello. How's it going? Awesome. <laughs> so happy to have you here. Um, tell me, tell us all more about you. Where are you from and how old are you? I'm from Vancouver. Cool. Um, and I moved to New York four years ago. Cool. And I'm 36. That's awesome. So you're Canadian. That's mm-hmm. sick. Um, and how long have you been in New York? I've been in New York for four years. Cool. Congrats. Thank you. Um, I feel like how long? How long do they say to like that you have to live here to like eight? Fully, eight? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've heard four. No. Or like six even. I don't know. Eight is intense. Yeah. And they say what by eight you're like in love or you want to go home? that you you can properly call yourself a New Yorker. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, so when is your birthday? February 17th. Oh, you're an Aquarius. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful sign. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we've had many Aquarius on this podcast, if any at all. Um, but Aquarius are really interesting people. Are you into astrology at all? I don't know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a reading? Yes. And do you remember, like, hearing your rising sign, your moon sign, that no, kind of stuff? No, what I hear, Aquarius people were really sociable, were optimistic, mm-hmm. were positive, mm-hmm. which is true. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, and what is your current relationship status? I am, I guess you call it single mm-hmm. and interviewing people. I love that. <laughs> and how are you meeting these people that you're interviewing? I meet people... I guess randomly because mm-hmm. I go out, I go to events, I have a lot of friends and I'm not on apps. Right. I'll sometimes like put on an app and just mm-hmm. like swipe left 50 times and remind myself why I'm not on an app. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just in person. Yeah. That's great. And um, what was the best and the worst date that you've ever been on? Let's see. Ooh, okay. I'll start with the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a really long time ago. <laughs> I was living in Vancouver and I was out on a date with this guy who took me to this restaurant called Red Robins. It's like the mm-hmm. equivalent of TGIF. Um. And in the middle of dinner, he had this wad of cash and he was counting it and then he handed it over to me. He's like, Can you count this? So I did. And he just kept telling me to hold on to his wad of cash and he would come in and out of the table. What? And 
I realized at the end of our date that he was a drug dealer and he was dealing drugs <laughs> in the middle of our date. No. Yeah. This no. is a really, really long time ago. How did, how, he was like going outside and to make people? Yeah, to give them oh drugs and then would add God. to the batch of money, but didn't want to take it with him in case he got robbed. So I would have the money. Oh my God. And when you found, when you found out, what did you say? Well, I didn't actually know what was going on. I only pieced it together when I was finished the date, mm -hmm. but I had a premonition that I wasn't going to have a date. And back then I would do this thing where I would have my best friend call me mm -hmm. and uh, pretend she was an emergency. Mm. So at a certain time she did the call. And if I liked the guy, I would be like, you know, whatever, handle it if right. I did it I'll be like oh my gosh my friend like yeah. she's in trouble and I would leave so I did one of those uh -huh. and then I pieced it together afterwards so that was wow. one of my worst ones that but so funny so funny <laughs> I've never heard anything like that it's amazing um best day oh it's hard I've had so many different ones um you know it's not really even the like a fancy restaurant or anything mm -hmm. like that it's how present someone is mm -hmm. and so um, my most recent I guess I'm just gonna say my most recent one I was um, I was in LA and I was going on a date with this guy first date and he lived right beside the restaurant and you just uber everywhere like that's what you're used to right. and like he comes and he picks me up and drives me to the restaurant which I was like what's such a That's gentleman so nice and he was just so present and um there was a point in our date when we were talking and i shared something vulnerable mm -hmm. and he just stopped and he's like wow he's like thank you so much for trusting me mm -hmm. and being so open and vulnerable right and i really appreciate it. he's like can can i give you a hug and in the middle of the restaurant he like we get up and he like hugs me in the middle of the restaurant mm -hmm. and so like that date was just fun and flowing really fun. and present mm -hmm. and he was really giving mm -hmm. and giving in a way that was coming from a place of abundance not a place of wounding and scarcity mm -hmm. which I've only recently realized the difference right. and yeah that's really cool yeah I had like a similar a similar situation recently I had a good date and the reason it was good was because I shared something vulnerable mm -hmm. and I truly feel like that's the only way that you get mm. is if you do that yeah for sure I mean otherwise it's really ego easy to connect on ego, right? Mm -hmm. Or like you have a list of things and they have a list on th of things right. and you transact. But to really actually have bonding, it's an like an energy exchange. Mm. I think you need to reveal and um, not even in just what you say, but just how you show up and right. how open versus being super guarded and mm -hmm. thinking it's the shoe's going to drop. Right. Totally agree. So. I, I hate to like ask this question because it's such like a, it's such like a, it has such a stigma around it. I was actually talking about this with my friends this weekend. Like I am like basic white girl, like from like New York, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't have like, you know, but I, I kind of have like an exotic look kind mm -hmm. of like I've gotten actually that I've like look half Asian before. Mm -hmm. And so when people say, like, where are you from? What's your background? I don't, like, get offended. I, like, I'm honestly, like, oh, that's amazing. But, um, but it's funny because it's then I have to let them down and say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to do the same to you and ask, like, what's your background? I'm Chinese. 
Okay. And full Chinese? Full Chinese. Awesome. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really cool. And are both your parents, are, were they born here or were they born in they China? They were born in China. Mm-hmm. So they immigrated to Canada. That's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. It, is there like a big community of Chinese people in, yeah. in Vancouver? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And are you religious in any way? I don't believe in one religion. Mm-hmm. I believe in kindness and mm-hmm. love and compassion. Were you raised religious? Yeah. Th- uh, we went to the Buddhist temple. Mm-hmm. So I there's a lot of Buddhist um, teachings that I believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't say that I'm of one religion. Cool. And do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have two older sisters. Oh, you're the baby. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> I don't have two older sisters. I have one, but I'm the baby. And I, I strongly believe in birth order. Mm. Have you ever done any research on that? No. It basically just says that like we're we get along we get along best with our birth order because we were kind of treated the same growing up, mm-hmm. you know, and so we can relate to that of the same birth order right. better than than anyone else mm. it makes sense yeah yeah it's interesting if you think about like past relationships if you had any of the same birth order as I'll start monitoring that yeah. immediately <laughs> <laughs> good so what's your thought on texting etiquette when you're dating like you know you said you had a great date in LA are you like texting with this person would you you know try to like play it cool and wait for them I don't play anything anymore Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I've been writing on relationships for a long time and teaching hacking attraction and all Mm -hmm. those things and people want to look at the the techniques Mm. and it's energy so back then if I waited eight hours to text back because I was hiding my own anxiety Mm. and it was coming from a place of fear and I would text it the the energy was rooted in fear. That person mm-hmm. feels it whether they're conscious of it or not. Mm-hmm. Versus if I text back within eight minutes and it was coming from a place of abundance, it there's right. no difference on the actual technique. Yeah. And people get so wrapped up on these superficial things that really mm. don't make a difference. Right. So I think really it's about where is the root of your behavior coming from? Is mm-hmm. it coming from fear or is it coming from abundance? Because whether it's a text, a phone call, or FaceTime, um, or you asking them out or not, um, they will feel that energy. Yeah, you're so right. Wow. Can we go back to <laughs> coming from a place of abundance? Because that's not something that, like, you know, many people hear often. I definitely hear it being in, like, the Summit community. Shout out to Summit. <laughs> but what does it mean exactly? What is abundance necessarily mm-hmm. and how can you tell the difference like you know other than feeling the energy of like you know how how yeah i feel that when you are coming from a place of abundance and this is like doing a lot of self work mm-hmm. and um it is when your giving is not a debt Um, disguised in a gift box Mm -hmm. where you are giving because you are trying to because you have enough yeah you have enough versus overcompensating Mm. uh, for your own wounds Mm. um, or Or insecurity or insecurity so when you're acting from that place you're actually withdrawing energy versus depositing energy Mm. and you feel it it's even when someone does it to you when someone is opportunistic and they're giving to you Mm -hmm. but it's really wrapped up because they want something back from you feel it it feels dirty Mm-hmm. Like and so if you're really in tune with how you feel, and I believe you can actually practice to get more.
more in tune on that. It's mm -hmm. something I've been working on for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, you can trust that. Right. And um, I know when I've been giving from a place of fear, I used to be petrified of rejection. I would never be the first to message or ask someone or anything like that because to me, rejection was a rejection of my self-worth. Mm -hmm. So I've done a lot of work on healing my wounds around my own self-worth where mm. I now get my own love, safety, um, that comes from myself, not because someone did or that didn't do something. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference now. And so now I don't care. Re rejection doesn't like freak me out because if someone rejects me, I know it's not about me. It doesn't take away my sense of self-worth. Mm -hmm. And tell us more about the uh, breakup boot camp and like how that came about. Were you inspired by a personal breakup? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, seven years ago, I was living in Vancouver and I was dating a guy that I thought was my person. And we mm -hmm. talked about our life together, how we would, the dynamic would be when we had kids, everything. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. I, at that time, um, I had a great job and budget cuts. I lost my job. I got out of my apartment moved in with him. I took a chunk of my savings and took him across Europe for his birthday. Mm -hmm. And I thought everything was amazing. And upon coming home, that relationship unraveled really quickly um, and abruptly. And I found myself as if the rug had been completely pulled out from underneath me. Mm -hmm. And all these things that I used to attach my identity to, my status, um, this relationship, it was gone and mm -hmm. without that I felt completely broken and I went through depression panic attacks I had thoughts of suicide and it was a really dark time for me yeah. I tried everything to heal I went yoga retreats like mm -hmm. like therapists Reiki psychics and there was nothing focused on that type of pain and so I realized after I did go through my healing process that it was really important for me to create a safe space for other people going through this. Mm -hmm. And so I created Renew Breakup Bootcamp and we take a scientific and spiritual approach to healing the heart. So I bring in everything from behavioral scientists, psychologists, all the way to yoga, tantra, even a dominatrix with a PhD in mm -hmm. uh, human development, teaches on power dynamics. Mm -hmm. But 10 facilitators come to help these people um, and show them all these different types of healing modalities so that they can start really addressing the source of their wounds mm. and rewiring their subconscious patterns. That's great. That's awesome. And what was your favorite boot camp that you went on? And how many have you guys done now? So we've done five. My favorite was the last one. Each mm -hmm. one, I'm like, this is the best one. Yeah. Uh, the last one, we added the dominatrix, and oh. the session was mind-blowing. Oh, and my God, I bet. Every time I go through one of the boot camps, um, I, I shift a little bit more mm -hmm. and I learn more about myself and I've realized that this journey is, it's never going to end. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that's exciting for me. Totally. Yeah. It's really exciting. Going back to our conversation before about like your heritage, you, you mentioned you were Chinese and we've had like tons of Jewish guys on this <laughs> date, on this podcast. So I have to ask you, like, it, is the stigma true do you get hit on all the time by Jewish guys? And are you interested? <laughs> um, I don't know if I get hit on by Jewish guys all the time. I don't like go, are you Jewish? Is that why you're hitting on me? Yeah, of course. Um, but there are trends, right? Like in Silicon Valley, there's a lot of tech guys that love Asian women. Right. And if I know there's a tech guy who's like date a lot of Asian women, they generally will be 
I'm like part of their type. Mm. Um, have Jewish guys in the city hit on me? Yeah, they have. And am I interested? Sure. I'm not, um, you know, it doesn't really Would matter. Would you convert? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though you said that you don't really believe in religion and that you think it's like just, you know, energy? So I went to Israel on the Schusterman reality trip mm. and there's a lot of similarities in Jewish culture and in the Chinese upbringing that I had. Mm -hmm. Values on family, um, bringing people together, uh, loyalty. So I would definitely be curious to learn more mm -hmm. and converting is something that I am open to. That's awesome. And <laughs> shout out to Schusterman's. <laughs> Love them. So we had this debate on our Instagram recently if calling someone out for ghosting you is a power move or a weak move. Um, mm. And it doesn't have to be so black and white, you know? It could be a different kind of move, but what's your stance on the situation? Okay, so I think again, it depends on what the root of the behavior is. Mm -hmm. And so it depends on context and it depends mm -hmm. on the person. So um, if someone was to ghost me and I was calling them out in order to get closure for myself or to alleviate the resentment or anger, I don't think that's a good move. It's coming from a place of fear and that's not mm. gonna equate to anything positive. Mm. If someone ghosted me and um, I'm hurt and I want to also express my sentiments to the person so that maybe they can learn and not do this to someone else and sincerely that was where I was coming from and I do, I think that's beautiful and I think that's very values-based. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I think that it's it's hard sometimes for even the person doing it to know the difference, mm. you know? Yeah. Like... Yeah, I feel sometimes... So I had a guy, you could say he ghosted me. Mm -hmm. um, basically, it was someone I've known from Vancouver a while, and then when I was there, we had like a really beautiful time together, and... We had back and forth when I was back in New York, and then he wanted to see me when I was back in Vancouver, and he just didn't, he didn't initiate. Mm -hmm. um, and so he just recently, a few months afterwards, reached out to me and said, hey, Amy, I just wanted to say I'm really sorry. I was going through a bunch of stuff when you came, and I didn't know how to handle it, and I, so I didn't call you back, and... To be honest, time passed and I was scared to actually approach you mm. and talk to you about it. And I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. And I never took it personally. I think if this was me in the past where, mm -hmm. again, I put so much identity of, and my self-worth in the power of someone else, right. it would have been a different story. I would be freaking out. Mm -hmm. I would be like, what injustice? But I just had compassion for the person. And mm -hmm. like, if someone's not calling me back and I thought we had a connection we didn't, then... I'll be like, all right, something's going on with you. You're on your journey. Maybe our paths will cross. They mm -hmm. usually cross again. In my experience, um, at least for me, mm -hmm. um, people in my past, they loop back uh, again. So, I love that. And let's talk about Burning Man because you've been there, you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Have you been there more than once? Yeah, I've gone three times. Awesome. And we did a poll question recently. We do these things on our Insta story. And we asked, would it be a turnoff to you if someone like went to Burning Man every summer? And every like it was most people said yes, which is crazy to me because mm -hmm. clearly there's like a stigma and people think that people go to Burning Man and just like get fucked up and like 
are on a million drugs. I mean, is that similar to your experience or do you think it's more of like a spiritual awakening? I think that it is whatever the experience that you want. You're going to find people that come there, like bridge and tunnel crowd, and they come and they part of their face off. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to find people who, I mean, there's people from 75 years old in like a wheelchair to like kids there. Um, I was sober my entire burn for the Mm -hmm. last two. Um, I didn't even drink a sip of alcohol. I'm just so stimulated that I can't even imagine being more stimulated. So, um, and I don't think that some people are like, oh my God, I go and I get transformed transformed and if you're if your daily life is so different and you're so this is one side of me I'm a banker and you never let out any of your other sides yeah you're gonna go and crazy things are gonna happen because you're finally able to express parts of you that have been suppressed Um, I don't transform I learn things just as much as when I learn from reading a book or going Mm -hmm. to a Tony Robbins thing Mm -hmm. Um, so it's it's experience you make and the judgment of like I would never date someone who that's judgment and um, judgment doesn't create safety so the people who are very judgmental Mm. and hey I used to be super judgmental as well um, you may have a challenge connecting because people can feel judgment and when they do do not feel safe they will not be vulnerable Ooh, amen i am with you on that that's the one thing that i'm sure that i never do with people is is judge them Mm. because i'm definitely not perfect when it comes to dating but the one thing i would never do is make someone feel like i'm judging them and Mm. as a result people open up to me very quickly yeah like very quickly like i've had a guy cry on our second date oh wow yeah. <laughs> Did you charge um, him for a therapy session? After? I should have. Honestly, <laughs> I regret it. Um, but I want to ask you because you you've started this incredible um, breakup boot camp. What if what advice would you give to someone going through a breakup if you had to kind of I don't know what's what's the word not summarize but like you know what I mean when you like make it smaller. Okay, um, so kind of like what? a recap, like a step by, like three step, three things that like without these three things, you're not going to be able to heal from your breakup. If that's a possibility to say, yeah, I do. I there. Well, there's there's things you can do to ease the pain, but there's different stages. So. They, if you are just in survival mode, which is immediately after and you're not eating, that's generally what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, your metabolism slows down and mm-hmm. your appetite is suppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, the number one thing is you need to either down a green smoothie or something like that. It sounds super simple, but mm. if your body is not in order, there's absolutely no way your mind, heart, and soul can be mm. restored. Mm. And that's what I had stopped eating um, for probably about two weeks. I dropped mm. 20 pounds. Wow, I'm so jealous. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, like there was just no way you're not yeah. functioning. So number one, you have to take care of that. I actually, I want to ask you before we move on to number two, if you don't have that kind of flight, like fight or flight, whatever reaction, and, and you can continue to eat as normal, mm-hmm. did you not care about that person? No, so it's it's so basically what happens when you're under su- extreme stress? Yeah, no, I've things. been there. I've yeah. been there. So you but can. I've it, also not been there. Right. In a breakup. Too. Yeah, it can also activate you to want to eat more um, sweet and salty foods mm. because your taste buds actually um, lessen. And mm. so that's why people, the whole cliche of like grabbing ice cream right. is actually a true thing. So right. you start to crave those sorts of foods. But it doesn't mean like it can manifest in your body in many different ways. I see. It's totally. just common for it to suppress your appetite mm-hmm. in the beginning. Right. Yeah. And number two. 
Number two, I think one of the things um, to do would be starting some sort of a ritual mm. because when you have so much chaos in your life, if you can have one thing that you can count on that's steady, that will help you get back into an emotional equilibrium. Mm. So in that ritual, I would do meditation. I would do exercise. You need the endorphins. I would do a gratitude journaling thing. Um, mm -hmm. Write down three things you're grateful for every day. Mm. They've done studies where they've actually done a brain scan and your brain starts to change after 28 days of doing this consecutively. I believe that. So it starts wiring your brain for happiness. Mm -hmm. So create that ritual and stick to it. Mm -hmm. uh, the third thing is... Um, Wow. <laughs> Go to a breakup retreat. <laughs> well done. It's a fight. So this is the thing. When you are freshly out of a separation, you need to fight to get better. There, mm -hmm. And your body is going to tell you to do things like stay on the couch and isolate yourself. You actually have to not listen to those natural tendencies because mm -hmm. it's telling you the wrong things. And so um, you have to think about it. What's happening in the brain is the same part of the brain is activated as a drug user feeding for their next fix. So mm -hmm. you're literally in withdrawal, like mm -hmm. drugs. And so what you need to do is force yourself to see friends. Right. Um, try to avoid going on hate fest rabbit holes. It right. Only makes you feel worse um, do the exercise do all the things that your body just doesn't want you to do and mm -hmm. eventually it's timing and like the physical symptoms will start to go away right it's it's so interesting like sometimes I feel like I get over people almost too easily and um, it just makes me wonder if first of all if you've ever come across anyone like that and then second of all if if you think that it just means that I haven't found anyone that I actually like truly care about. I, I wonder two things. Um, it could be possible that you've gotten really good at coping mechanisms to suppress mm. your emotions. Mm. Uh, the second thing is, um, you could be choosing partners where you don't, maybe they're not available to some degree mm -hmm. so you don't actually have to become that vulnerable because it's never going to go that way so it's safe for you and familiar so you keep recreating the scenario with yeah. people and so you're never really letting them into your heart and when it ends you're like all right cool did you just come from lunch with my therapist <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no that's amazing and spot on um you're absolutely right and um so what would you say to someone um, who has trouble choosing a partner that, or like is intimidated by a partner who like wants to go fully in just like that. They're not ready. What would I say to the person who's afraid to go fully in the person who's afraid to choose a partner who's fully in because so choosing unavailable people. Yeah. So that you don't really have to be vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Um, this is something I've, I've dealt with. Um, because my pattern in the past was to date unavailable men. Mm -hmm. And I feel that the very first thing before it's a matter of like, who should you choose and who should you date, which is the way a lot of our society deals with it. Just get on another app and date another person sure. without really looking into the roots of why do you behave the way that you do? Mm -hmm. um, there's a core wound there. And if we just keep ignoring it, it doesn't matter what person you date, you're going to create the same emotional experience. It mm -hmm. may last six months or it may last six years, but the same thing is going to keep happening. Mm -hmm. So I feel that if you are choosing unavailable people or you're choosing people that aren't good to you, the people we choose 
and who choose us back, it's a clear indicator of where you're at emotionally. Mm. It's showing you a mirror of what's happening on inside. Mm. And so unless you start shifting the inside, you're not going to have a difference in the external outcome. And so for me, I had to really deal with my childhood wounds, with Mm. um, learning that unavailability meant love, because that's what I thought it was from my father. Mm -hmm. And working through that and it didn't happen overnight it took me many years Mm -hmm. i used to have an anxious attachment style i've worked through that Mm -hmm. and then i started to become open to going out with guys that i had zero chemistry with because i knew my chemistry radar was fucked up and it was pointing me in the Mm -hmm. wrong direction Mm -hmm. and so if you keep getting the same relationship outcomes and you're not satisfied with them there's a chance your chemistry radar might be off and you need to rewire it. And the only way I did that, it's like a heroin user doesn't just get off. You have to get on methadone. There's a gateway. There's Mm -hmm. the bridges in between. And so, yeah, I dated a few guys that I didn't have chemistry with, but they were healthy. They were intentionally wanting to date me. And I started to get familiar with oh, this is what healthy love feels like. And I'm still on that journey. Um, I'm I'm not there yet, but Mm -hmm. I'm a lot better now. Mm -hmm. And now when people behave in a way that's unavailable, instead of me going, oh my God, like be more drawn to them, I'm I'm like, that's a turnoff. I'm not choosing that. And I actually don't choose them. I love that. Wow. That's so inspirational, truly. (laughs) Um, So do you think that Hold on, I just need to take everything you just said in because there was a lot there. Okay, you mentioned that you had an anxious attachment style. Mm-hmm. We touched, we've touched on attachment styles. We have the book attached. Um, but can you kind of summarize what an anxious attachment style is? Or, or yeah, so there's three basic ju- attachment styles. Secure your, means you're not afraid of intimacy. You're also not codependent. They have the highest degree of success in relationships. There's avoidant. Um, where their core story is that they are going to have their freedom or autonomy taken away and they're deathly afraid of that. And so even though they want connection and intimacy, they subconsciously push it away. And then there's anxious where the core fear is that they will be abandoned or rejected at any time. So when they get triggered, they um, engage in what's called protest behavior. So that's when you either call it crazy or you punish the person by not calling them at all. Um, And they have a tendency to be codependent. And anxious avoidance are drawn to each other. Mm. Anxious and avoidance? Are drawn to each other. So avoidance generally can't date avoidance because there's no glue that sticks them together. And anxious and anxious, because they catastrophize most things, um, it blows up. So the anxious and avoidant are drawn to each other because it just reconfirms a story that they already think is true. Which is... So avoidance are like, they're going to take away my freedom. Mm-hmm. And so they'll recreate scenarios right. where that, that story keeps playing out. And it proves like, again, they're trying to take away my freedom. I knew right. it. The anxious right. like, the guy's going to leave me. He's going to ghost me. And then they date an avoidant. And it keeps right. reconfirming the story that we know is true. Wow. Oh, my God. I literally, I'm learning so much right now. I need to like take a break and just speak to you for a second. <laughs> I just like realized that I'm an anxious or like I was anxious mm-hmm. um, and dating and avoidant mm-hmm. 
And like have done that before too. Yeah. And it's not impossible if two people are aware of their attachment styles and yeah. want to work through it together. It's possible that you guys become more secure together. Mm-hmm. Um, or you just say, I'm going to keep working on myself of becoming more secure. And there's actual things you can do. I rewired myself. I used right. to be hardcore anxious. Like someone didn't initiate plans with me or text me back in a period of time. And I would punish them. I would try to date someone else. I would just freak out and now I'm like cool yeah and do you think that someone who's anxious can date a secure yes so um again like if you are anxious and you're aware and you're working through it and you date secure your chances of becoming more secure are a lot higher than if you date an avoidant so there's two things you can do try to find a secure person or keep work and keep working on yourself um or Data, if you date an avoidant or your opposite attachment style, two people have to be upfront, honest, and both intentional of wanting to work through those intimacy issues. Mm. I just want to see, so if you're anxious attachment, how did that, like, what, what's the reasoning for that? You know what I mean? In, in Inconsistent childhood. caregiving. But like, what if you had such good parents? It doesn't mean that you had bad parents. So that's mm-hmm. the one thing people need to understand. Um... It, it means that you were wounded or traumatized at a time that doesn't mean that like overall your parents were bad. It could have been you needed um, milk and you were crying and then one time your mom came in right away, the other time like she was busy on the stove and didn't come. And so you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna get my needs met, maybe it's going to be. And so it doesn't mean like overall your parents were bad. Right. Um, and avoidance, it's like it could have been from a very, a mother that was too dominating and was like always always in your face and like taking away your freedom and you're like oh my god it's like i have like total anxiety about that or there could have been um your parent was not around so you develop a storyline that oh i'm not going to get my needs met i might as well just be completely independent oh my god so yeah for avoidance there's two types of avoidance depending on what that scenario was there's a fearful avoidant and there's an insecure avoidant Mm-hmm. This is so interesting. Okay. Wait, so I just just to read what I'm reading here, it says, um, children that have anxious attachment, like as children, they often feel distrustful or suspicious of their parent, but they act clingy and desperate. That's so funny. Yeah. It's also funny to call like a child clingy and desperate, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like relax. It's, you need a hug. It's your it. mother and father. <laughs> I hope you're clingy and desperate. Um, That's really interesting. Really interesting stuff. Um, So I actually want to tell you about this really fun thing that I'm doing. Um, I thought of doing... Have you ever seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Yes. Okay, so maybe you can help me with this. I don't know if I'm (laughs) going to include this or not because I might want to keep it a secret. Okay. But I want to make a modern version of how to lose a guy in 10 days. Like, I don't know where it's going to go, what's going to happen with it. Oh, I can't put this near the mic. But I wonder, like, what do you think are things, and I can can read some from the list, um, that would make a guy kind of be done in 10 days, if if there are any, you know? Uh, Even, Even being, like, the secure, great person that you are. Let's see. I'll tell you one of my from the list to inspire you. Sure. 
Instagramming a picture of you guys like too too early on because it's 10 days so it has to be like I don't know the second day or something right okay which is kind of crazy to think of right and then being like look babe like I posted us you know I think um it's challenging for me to pick those things because Mm. I feel like if you it depends where you're at like if you're a secure person like for example the guy that I'm like spending time with right now if I was to do something like that he'd probably just think it's cute and funny um whereas if I was doing this five years ago when I was like a total psychopath he'd probably be like you're crazy (laughs) but burp again fuck it's gonna come out at a bad time um but this is 10 days so let's say you literally just met that guy and you instagrammed it the second day you like of meeting him do you know what I'm saying Mm, yeah that's a little different right yeah, I think it's more big things though, which might not like come across in a video as cool, but like um, being negative, just being uh-huh. like shitty to be around. Mm, <laughs> like yeah. that's, you want to repel someone, whether it's a friend, a business partner, or a romantic partner. Right. Like if people gravitate to what feels good. So if you are, you have a bad attitude, if you're not grateful and you're complaining, um, if you're talking shit about people constantly, mm. that's how you're going to lose them in 10 minutes. So true. Um, okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to read a, <laughs> a few more and you tell me sure. if they're, if they're worth, worth it or not. Like the guy's having a pregame and like, he just invites you. He's like, Hey, we're like, we're a few of us are drinking, but like you go over and like, you think it's like a big deal, you know? And like, you're all dressed up and like, you have like little, like umbrellas for their drinks you know what I mean like you just like go overboard is that like cute or psycho I don't know like if I did that I think it'd be cute (laughs) I mean I agree maybe these aren't that bad maybe this is how to get a guy in 10 days um no this one's kind of rough send him his horoscope every day that's kind of crazy no sure it it is Um, tagging them in like a thousand memes a, a minute. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Um, oh, this is a good one. Following all of his friends on Instagram, like, <laughs> like that you haven't met, you know? Okay. Wait, I have to include that you haven't met because it's funnier that way. <laughs> um, inviting him to dinner and surprise your parents are there too. Okay. It's a little much. um and okay i liked your suggestions too do you feel like there's a limit on kind of like when you should be meeting the person's parents and vice versa and like saying i love you kind of taking things to the next level or um do you think that you really just need to go with the flow you gotta go with the flow it's completely Mm -hmm context-driven um you could be dating a guy for two years and because you're not vulnerable you don't say i love you Mm -hmm. um you could meet someone and it's so amazing and you know what you want and so does he and very quickly you're like okay let's do this Mm -hmm. so it depends there's you know everyone wants the rule book of like how long should i wait until i have sex how long should i wait till like Mm -hmm. blah blah and there isn't like again that is super um 
left brain like analytical thinking right. versus going with intuition and feeling right. and it's a it's a hard thing right like especially as high achieving new yorkers like i've been so in my left brain like mm-hmm. analyzing i psychoanalyze everything i've had to actually like do certain things to stop being that way so i could be more in flow right. and um what i have learned is it's not a cerebral thing it's a feeling thing mm-hmm. yeah I agree with that. And um, do you think that, like, I, so I agree with you that it's a feeling thing, but let's say that you, your partner is the one who's like, you know, I want you to meet my parents. Like, would you be ready for that after, like, let's say a few months or? Um, yeah, again, it depends. Like, with my last boyfriend, I met his parents um, in four months mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was going towards something so you know if it's someone I'm just lightly dating maybe not mm-hmm. uh, I would have a really honest conversation with the person mm-hmm. I am now of the thought though um, I'm not really rushing into things which is very different from what I used to do mm. so I think before when I was coming from a place of scarcity it was like choose me okay I, you chose me oh my god amazing mm-hmm. and I just go with it and now like I'm choosing you just right. as much as you're choosing me mm-hmm. and we both need to get to know each other mm-hmm. not just this one side we present as like our best self but mm-hmm. like until we've gone through a few seasons or some ups and downs like how do we communicate through um conflict like those things only reveal itself through time mm-hmm. so i'm just taking time which is why i say i'm interviewing people because you don't know and sometimes it could be a friend and right. you realize like actually this could be a great partner right. there's many different ways to spark love Agreed. Do you think that there are any red flags that if you saw when you were dating someone, you'd be like, nope, I, I can't do this again? Um, yeah, I feel that if they put their needs before your, yours, mm-hmm. it's likely not going to change. Mm-hmm. And I think that how giving someone is... Um, and really like looking at the source of their giving because that's something I didn't notice before when someone was always over giving but they were just overcompensating mm. or they're replaying the dynamic they had with um, their mother mm. um, that's not coming from a healthy place mm-hmm. so I really look for just their emotional health level and their ability to communicate Mm-hmm. Because how you can tell someone is, I, and I didn't know this before, I would I would spend time with guys who, when we're together, they're so amazing. And some would even love bomb me, like everything you would want in a date. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, communication would be like, tr- would be trickling. And I couldn't understand that. It was hot and cold. It was up and down. And I would be like, no, but he's amazing. Because when we were together, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. But amazing is all of it it's Mm -hmm. like even the times when you're not together are you guys connected can you guys actually have conversations about that can you express your feelings without feeling that he's gonna reject you or think that you're less than because you have emotions right um yeah do you think that avoidance think that emotional people are less than I feel that they may, if they're not aware, they might think that someone is being too sensitive or too needy Mm mm-hmm if you were able to tell your 22 year old self three things what would it be you're not gonna marry the guy Mm. so stop 
wasting so much time and energy on it. Yeah. Um, Q is you are the center of your the universe. So mm-hmm. all these great things, whether it's a job, the school you get into, the boyfriend, they are things orbiting around you. Mm. You are not orbiting around them. So if one thing is plucked away, which it will inevitably, mm-hmm. you might lose balance, but you're not completely knocked off your feet. Mm. I like that. And the third? Oh, the third. Um, see everything in gratitude. Mm-hmm. and um, practice that every day because it's a muscle that you build and you will mm. be a lot happier as a person. I love that. I agree with that. And what what are some of your favorite date spots in the city? Mm, let's see. I like the Little Owl restaurant. Mm-hmm. I love Blue Ribbon Sushi. Mm. I love... Um, Ooh, what's that place for jazz that they have in Brooklyn, oh. Williamsburg? Oh. St. Maisie's. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it there. So cute. Um, I like Mamoya for Japanese food. I love Mamoya. And yeah, those are a few. And what is a quote or phrase or something like that that you either use at, in boot camp or just in your daily life? That has to do with love or dating. Um, yeah. That you live by. So, is it okay if it's my quote? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Even better. Uh, so it would be. You may not be able to change the events of your history, but you can choose to change the story you attach to those events. Mm. And really, that was the key thing that the glue that brought in all of my lessons together when I was healing from that breakup seven years ago mm-hmm. was um, I actually could choose a story I wanted to believe. And um, after a year and a half of resentment and anger and feeling like a victim, mm. it finally clicked. I was like, wait a minute, I'm about to leave the city, like move out of Vancouver, build this new life. I have a blank canvas. Like, I'm grateful for what happened. This right. isn't bad. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting now, like what I thought was the worst thing that happened to me ended up being the best thing that happened to me. Yeah, I live in New York. You know, I have this company around it. We're really good friends, right. me and my ex. Mm-hmm. And so you can reframe. I completely agree with you. Um, a lot of the times in a relationship, and not always uh, for, for me specifically, but a lot of times when we break up with people, we've already decided we're going to break up with them like a month before or like mm-hmm. a few weeks before. So then by the time that we break up with them, we're already over it and have already mourned and they are left to do that. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, the breakup is not a surprise. There's, you know, it's interesting with the women that come to renew, um, something catastrophe like like there's infidelity or, or mm-hmm. something happens right. and they seem like they're dumbfounded mm. and we use the example of well it's like water dripping on marble and every day you saw it dripping so mm. every day you were losing part of your identity you stopped hanging out with your friends you right. like you know stop working whatever it was you just your sense of self you started to continue to lose 
So you're watching that water drip every day, and then suddenly the marble breaks, and you're like, mm-hmm. "How the hell did that break?" Well, you've mm. been walking by it every single day, right? And so when a relationship is falling apart, even when I look back at that one from seven years ago, mm-hmm. I was completely dumbfounded. But there's so many signs that there were certain things that weren't working, and、um, we just don't pay attention to things that we don't want to believe, right? So true. I recently, like, I don't know if you ever do this, but I re- I reread a convo, like a text conversation with an ex,、mm. and I'm sure you don't do this because it's probably what you say is unhealthy <laughs> to do. But I did it because I was just like, you know what? Actually, I'll tell you the exact reason. I was listening to a song, and it's called Babe, and the lyrics are, "This is the last time I'll ever call you Babe," or like, "You'll ever call me Babe." And then I was like, "Did he call me Babe? I don't remember." I was like, "I know I called him Babe." But I don't remember if he ever called me babe.、Mm-hmm. It was just like a dumb thought because this is how I think. And so I went through the conversation like I went up pretty high, and I didn't see any babes. And not only did I not see any babes, but I did not like the way that he spoke to me. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck is up with me thinking that this was okay?" You know? Right. Like、yeah. all I saw was like, hey, hey, sorry, sorry, hey, sorry, hey, sorry. You know?、Mm-hmm. Like I was like speeding, and like all I could see were sorries and hey's. Right. And I was like, holy shit, what a bad conversation.、Mm-hmm. Why are there so many sorries? Yeah. And then like I read the conversation with the guy that I'm dating now, and it's there's no hey's, no sorries. It's all like, like vulnerability and like beautiful <laughs> conversations, and like I had a lovely time with you, and you know what I mean. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, like I can't believe I was cool with so many sorries and hey's, and thought that that was normal.、Mm. You know. Cool. Well, thank you so so much, Amy.、Um, I've learned so much,、mm. and truly think that a lot of women and men out there listening will be able to relate to everything that you said about healing from a breakup and. And it will be very useful for them. So Yay, thank, you. thank you. And tell everyone where to follow you, and also how to sign up for the boot camp and when the next one is. Yeah. So for the boot camp, it's renewbreakupbootcamp.com. The next one is going to be in September. And、Great、if、month. you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Miss Amy Chan. Yes, love it. Thank you so so、yes. much for being here. And write us a review in the iTunes app for We Met at Acme, and follow us on Instagram as well. And thank you for listening. Have a great one.